world of e-commerce can be tricky, and that's why you need the experts to help take you to the next level. This is Delivering E-Commerce, and this is Chris Parsons. Hey, welcome to Delivering E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chris Parsons. I am very honored, and I have the privilege today to have Kent Allen with us. Kent, how are you doing? Hey, Chris. Good to hear from you again. I'm doing well. I'm out here in San Francisco, and Oh, we've been in a bit of a, a foggest so far, but I believe there's some sunshine waiting for me at the end of the day. So that's always positive. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, we haven't seen each other in a number of years. We've, we're always connected through LinkedIn and have some dialogue back and forth, but it's really nice to see you in person, even though it's through a digital screen. Um, I'm always watching your posts and what you guys are up to. I'm always impressed with it. I would love, Kent, for you to start off by, um, as all my guests do, tell their story, their own personal journey. Um, so our audience can hear how you've started out in, in whether it be retail or whatever sector you started out in and then grown to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and you're right. I mean, you know, you were one of our very first guests at our very first global e-commerce leaders forum that uh, when we took over this whiskey bar in Tribeca and oh pulled God, together was- as many uh, e-commerce professionals that we could that were focused on international expansion, which is what I've been really focused on for much of the last uh, decade, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, looking back, you know, it was interesting. I I was getting my MBA up at the University of Washington when this, you know, when the browsers kind of hit. And um, it was really interesting because, you know, looking back, you know, there there was no e-commerce at that time. It was all just kind of internet marketing is what we referred to it as. And and I think back to, you know, I kind of had a little bit of a understanding of where this was going because I'd spent, um, you know, good number of years with McGraw-Hill as we were trying to build a proprietary way to move marketing information around actually for the construction and development industry. So kind of when the browsers hit, I kind of had a feeling of where this stuff might go without really knowing where it was going to go. And so, um, you know, by the time I I got my MBA and got back down here from uh, Seattle to San Francisco, you know, the dot-com boom was just getting going. And I still think back to some of the startups that I worked with then. And, you know, that was very much the just do it and we'll apologize later, uh, you know, if we do something wrong, period. So that, that was really kind of the context that that, you know, led me into the e-commerce space. And, you know, I was fortunate to uh, to take one of the early. In fact, I think I was the first analyst covering email marketing back in the day. And, you know, my boss at the time said, you know, go cover these e-commerce and online advertising people. And, you know, it was almost like the guys in the back room, the, you know, the, the seasoned enterprise analysts were, were kind of chuckling, like, yeah, good luck with that, guys. But, uh, you know, me and Tim Minahan, who's the other guy, uh, the other analyst, he was kind of covering the, the the buy side procurement stuff. I was covering the sell side. And, you know, we made a, we made a really probably the biggest practice at, at, at Aberdeen Group at the time. So that was kind of how I got into the e-commerce space. And, uh, you know, kind of started out uh, on my own as an independent analyst, uh, oh gosh, probably 2004, kind of after the dot-com bust and all the industry analyst firms, which had popped up like mushrooms in a forest in Silicon Valley, kind uh-huh. of uh, all kind of scampered back to, to New England. But uh, I continue to follow the space. And, you know, I think probably the, you know, one of the things that, you know, certainly ended up uh, pushing me towards the, the international and the, the cross-border world was, uh, you know, this this conversation we had at, at NRF years ago when uh, we were actually it was at shop.org. We were doing some work uh, on an executive symposium. Really, that was back when we were trying to get the stores and, and e-commerce to work well together. And interestingly enough, people are like, well, you know, what about, you know, 
international, you know, it is the World Wide Web that we're talking about here. So uh, we kind of took that as an opportunity to start doing some research and really trying to just build awareness of this opportunity to extend the reach of of digital channels uh, internationally. And, and that's kind of what led to uh, the founding of the, the Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum. Yeah, and I love the Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum. I remember that um, whiskey bar very fondly. Um, one of the things I still tell stories about today was they had Nutella pizza as a dessert. Yes. And it was the yeah, first was time awesome. I've ever experienced that. And it was it was amazing. I've tried to make it a number of times myself, not to the same degree as them, but it was fantastic. And now, if you had to mention that, I would not have remembered that. I still remember just kind of being on stage all day and all you could do was look out from the stage and see, see like hundreds of bottles of, of, you know, bourbon circling mm -hmm. the, 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 uh, the room. So it was, uh, you know, by the time we got to the happy hour, it was, it was ready. So, uh, but yeah, that was great. And I mean, it was interesting because what we did was, I mean, in many ways we modeled it on, on, on the early days of shop.org and, you know, Scott Silverman, who was the executive director of shop.org during its, its heyday, if you will, uh, you know, it's obviously one of the, the co-founders as well as your fellow Canadian, uh, Jim Okamura. So uh, it was really interesting because what we wanted to do was, you know, shop.org had kind of been founded back when there was kind of one person on the retail team doing e-commerce and they had the idea was, okay, well, let's, let's pull all these e-commerce people together and let them learn and share and talk and just network and grow together. And so, you know, now we were seeing this one person or this partial person, to be quite honest, on the e-commerce team that was being charged with uh, extending, you know, kind of the reach internationally and looking at cross-border opportunities. So, you know, it worked out really well. And, you know, today we're we're doing um, two big conferences or, you know, not big conferences, I should say, but, um, you know, we're doing a conference in New York. We typically do that in, in September, early October. And, and we're uh, on the West Coast in uh, West Hollywood, typically in, in mid-February for, uh, you know, kind of the, the West Coast crowd. So it's been really nice. I mean, obviously, we had to take a bit of a time out and shift to virtual during the pandemic. But, you know, it was actually, it was a good thing. We, we you know, started our own podcast, the Global E-Commerce Tech Talk, which uh, Michael LeBlanc, another Canadian, yeah is our host. And we've, uh, you know, had a lot of fun doing that and, you know, started doing some, some virtual lunch and learns, which I think is probably something that we'll keep doing. Um, you know, we've always done regional dinners around the country and things like that, but certainly it's a lot easier for people to just kind of log in and, and network and talk and learn, you know, for an hour in the middle of the day and then, you know, hop back to work. So, uh, but we are really excited to be getting back to uh, live in-person networking uh, September 28th and 29th uh, in New York at at the Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum. Yeah, I, you mentioned Michael, and Michael, I think, has like seven podcasts going now. He's uh, He's got his hands in everything. He's such a good host. He's so smart when it comes to retail and what's going on in the market. So you've got uh, you've got a great one there working with you. But your whole team, I mean, Jim, Jim's fantastic. He's just a true gentleman. Every time I speak with Jim... It's, it's just, he's so gracious with his time. Um, but the, the whole group can, and that's why I even reached out to you, have you come on here because I think when, when you find the right culture and the right uh, network of people, it's great to bring them and give them exposure to, to others, because I think there's so much for people to get value out of your conference. When I went, it was, I was maybe starting out in my career, I would say, and having confidence mm -hmm. speaking and going to that, that whiskey bar and networking with experts in the industry and, and giving them some feedback about the Canadian market was also a great way for me to start having a network in the U.S. And it has has flourished from that. I mean, I've been to two or three of them, but it, 
because of me going there is given it's open up opportunities for me where I would have never had those if I if I missed out on the the conference with you guys and and I always appreciated that and then the fact that you know you get to go up on a panel and and answer a few questions is always fun as well but uh, I think what I would love for my audience to do is research um, GILF if they haven't heard of it. And uh, I doubt that most of my audience wouldn't have heard of it, but if they haven't, um, go and research it, connect with you and uh, and get some more information. I would love to make the trip, but I'm understanding that the COVID number, numbers are starting to go up again. And I don't know what our government's gonna do with travel because um, uh, I guess this Delta variant is is picking up again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been really interesting. And, uh, you know, we, we've worked with the Canadian Post people and, you know, three or four different uh, sponsors up in Canada. And, yeah, you know, it's like the, the border opens and it closes. And, uh, you know, still not quite sure why, uh, you know, it, it, I know you guys were letting uh, were letting us in and I feel like we should be letting you guys in as well. But, yeah, it's been interesting throughout this whole process. I mean, I, I spend a lot of time talking to to retailers and solution providers and just, you know, smart people around the world, you know, just trying to understand what the what the situation is on the ground, both, you know, with with e-commerce growth in general, but also with the the impact uh, of the pandemic on supply chains and so forth and whatnot. And I mean, you get as many different stories as, uh, you know, talking around the world as you do talking around mm-hmm. the country. I mean, talk to some people in, in different parts of, of the U.S. and, you know, the pandemic was was long over for them, but uh, obviously, uh, you know, stuff is back. You know, we are fortunate that we're going to be uh, getting people together in New York, and uh, you know, they've they've been uh, quite successful with the vaccines and things like that up there. Yeah. So, um, but it is, it's you know, it, if people are psyched to get back, uh, you know, obviously we've got to follow mandates and everybody needs to be vaccinated and things like that. But we're definitely looking forward to to getting the community back. But yeah, I mean, you know, looking back, I, I think one of the the more satisfying things is I even think back to that again that first event we did uh, seven years ago, believe it or not. Now, and uh, you know, some of the folks that were just starting, I mean, you know, they were probably you know kind of mid level executives. A lot of them are senior VPs of e commerce now, and you know, have have really kind of uh, you know looked at this international opportunity and have really uh, it's really helped to kind of define their careers. I think what we're we're seeing right now is um, a little bit of a, a market reprioritization. You know, certainly, um, and I guess from a pandemic, or maybe hopefully you could say a, a near post pandemic perspective. You know, we certainly saw the Asian markets come back online much faster uh, than certainly the, the European markets. You know, obviously last year this time there's a lot of challenges in Europe. But I mean, in some ways, it's, you know, we've said this over and over again, it, it's really accelerated a lot of the trends that we were already seeing. In fact, you know, we named our Spring Summit Accelerate just to, to underscore that point. And, uh, you know, we had already seen a shift in investment from, not necessarily from Europe to Asia, but it was certainly a broadening of the investment and, and even, uh, you know, willingness to take more risk by investing uh, in into Asia, especially obviously China, Japan, and South Korea tend to be the areas, but Southeast Asia has been has been built really big. And so we're continuing to see that focus. Um, I mean, the interesting thing that we saw in some of the areas, like for instance, Southern Europe, which had already always trailed Western Europe, certainly the UK, France, and Germany have always been, you know, primary tier one markets, if you will, for people that are looking to export and to do cross-border e-commerce. Uh, the Nordic region, Northern Europe, you know, that that's mm-hmm. actually been right up there with them, you know, maybe maybe tier 1A or something like that. But what we saw during the pandemic was a lot of the kind of laggards in, in Southern Europe, you know, the P- 
people were suddenly online and, and they're sticking online. So I think you're actually going to see, uh, you know, not, not just Southern Europe, but Eastern Europe as well. Poland, you know, comes to mind yep. as some areas where you're going to see some really uh, sustained and strong e-commerce growth. Uh, that being said, you know, Latin America is probably one of the markets that, you know, similar idea. Uh, certainly old school brick and mortar retail has always been important there. And, and the move to, um, shall we say, online has been something that's been a little bit slower. But if you look at the numbers and, you know, the e-marketer team has done a great job uh, focusing on LATAM. We had we had Mateo uh, join us at our, our summit. Hopefully he'll be be joining us in New York again. And just really looking at, you know, the fact that it's it's actually the fastest growing region, uh, even compared to Asia. Now, within that, there's all sorts of challenges. Brazil, you know, that border has always been uh, very nationalistic and, and highly, uh, you know, kind of challenging with, with tariffs and things like that. But, you know, Mexico is probably one of the the growth stories for, for people that we're talking about right now. We hear Chile, Colombia, I think, is sometimes a, a market that people overlook. They don't realize quite how big it is and how, how fast it's coming online. So we're definitely seeing a lot of opportunity in LATAM. We'll be, we'll be covering that uh, and probably couple sessions we'll be looking at that so uh you know i could talk forever about yeah. you know, kind of different markets and things like that but uh it's just been great to see you know not only how the trends have accelerated but um you know how many more people are coming online and staying online yeah you've seen the adoption and people have now just made it part of their their shopping habit and their shopping journey and i talk about this blended shopper a lot where they're going to shop in store for certain things. They're going to shop online. And, and it also depends on where they are in the given moment of the day. And some, they may have an idea when they're shopping with a friend or out with a friend at a sporting event that they need to buy something and do that on their mobile device. Or if right. they're commuting home, they're going to stop at the store. So it's this real blended experience now. If you're selling online, you need to ship products to your customers fast, reliable, and at the lowest cost to provide the best experience. ClickShip is used by e-commerce business owners across Canada to access the best shipping rates from trusted carriers, allowing you to lower your abandoned cart rates by offering real-time rates at checkout or offering a lower flat fee. It integrates with major e-commerce marketplaces and storefronts so users can sync orders, select rates, print labels, and schedule pickups from anywhere. If you'd like to learn more, there's a link in the description where you can go and sign up. Save more time and money with ClickShip. It's easy as click, ship, save. Kent, what I really want to find out, though, about the Gilf conference this year, what do you think some of the hot topics might be? Is it is it flow of goods? Is it supply chain? Um, everyone I know that I talk to in the, in the market is really struggling to get orders on time and they're delayed yeah. at borders and they can't get ports. Is that going to be a big conversation for you guys? Is it, is it customer acquisition in new markets and how they go about it? What, what do you think some of the hot button topics will be? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. In fact, I, I'm deep into the, to, to that right now. I mean, I think there's a couple of things that are going on. Um, you know, certainly the supply chain piece is, is huge. And I mean, that's not really just an e-commerce uh, problem. Right. That's a full-blown retail problem. So that will be something that we weave into every session. 
Uh, I think also, interestingly enough, and touches on a little bit about what I was just saying about people coming along, we've seen a big change in, in the customer journey uh, for the not only the the kind of seasoned online shopper, but also the the newbies, if you want to call them that. And it, it's always nice to be able to kind of look at some of the cross-border transactional data, whether, you know, we work with the folks that signified a lot. They've, they've been a big sponsor of ours, and they've got all sorts of, uh, you know, really rich data that shows the growth of cross-border. So, you know, we will be looking at, at some of this uh, reprioritization of markets. I think another big topic, and this this is, again, this, this kind of acceleration of a trend, um, you know, certainly there was an e-commerce boom, but, you know, in many cases, a lot of retail stores, uh, you know, kind of took it on the chin. And and in many cases, what we've seen in the past is that, um, especially when it comes to international expansion, in many cases, traditional distributors and wholesalers, in some cases, have, have owned a market. They've had exclusive mm-hmm. distribution rights, um, you know, when they're working with a brand or even a portfolio of brands. What we've seen in, in recent years is the... Uh, the, the kind of platforms, if you will, the, the marketplaces, whether it's the Amazons or the Alibabas and the Mercado Libres, if you're looking at it, a kind of regional place, you know, these these platforms, you know, these marketplace platforms, we, we've been kind of calling them global distribution platforms now because it, we really want to underscore how uh, digital is disrupting, you know, traditional distribution. So what you find is a lot of these brands, you know, in fact, we've had them for years at our events and they'll talk about, you know, how well they're doing internationally, you peel it back a little bit. And a lot of that is, you know, stuff they've been doing with Amazon or, or Alibaba. Um, so what we're hearing from them is they're like, well, you know, I, I see these these marketplaces becoming a de facto, you know, new distributor platform for us. And, you know, the, the, the challenge is a lot of their traditional wholesale uh, partners, uh, you know, are kind of falling by the wayside, especially those that haven't invested in in digital. So this whole kind of digital disruption at the distribution level is something that we're tackling actually both days. We're, we're you know, this is two day conference, which is actually new for Gelf. We've always been a one day conference, but we're actually partnering with the Commerce Next folks, and uh, Scott Silverman's a, a founder there. They've really grown a nice community, starting with with customer acquisition and growing into really all things driving digital growth. So. Uh, we'll be able to, uh, you know, kind of bring two different, uh, two different distinct themes to to the audience. They'll be looking at, at marketing, customer acquisition. We'll be looking at at cross border, and of course, cross border these days is still very operationally oriented. So we'll mm-hmm. be looking at screening for fraud. We'll be looking at the importance of, uh, you know, pulling together all sorts of different payments. I think, you know, to your point about the the logistics piece. One thing that we've been looking at is, you know, after people get through the international checkout, and that's, you know, that's always complicated as far as calculating tariffs and, you know, looking at harmonization codes and all that type of stuff, just to make sure that you can actually get something, you know, into a country. It's really this post-border, this this post-order experience that we've been looking a lot at. And so, yes, on the front side, you know, getting enough product to sell is one thing. But, you know, you've got the same logistics folks that are, are bringing product into a country that are taking products out of a country. And that that final mile piece is something that we're going to be spending a lot of time looking at and, and just trying to help people understand that, you know, there, there's a lot uh, that they can do on the communication side and on the post order experience side to really kind of make what's going to probably be another challenging holiday a little bit smoother. But I, I think that, you know, the, the key message is start early, start often, and, and that'll that'll right. take care of a lot of issues. But yeah, lots of, you know, I can speak to some of the regional uh, topics that we're covering as well, but let me turn it back to you, Chris. 
No, I, I think what you're saying is fantastic. Those are a lot of great points. So the the area, especially from being a Canadian trying to sell into different markets, you know, selling into the U.S. the the U.S. can U.S. shoppers can come onto our site if if we opened it up to them and and spend eight hundred dollars and um, have it duty free, um, which is a great benefit for retailers thinking about selling into that market. Where vice versa, if uh, we were Canadian shopping from the U.S., I think we get twenty dollars duty free. So it's, it's <laughs> right, not really right. appealing for us to do that. But uh, like, is is that another topic that you guys touch on with what are the, the pros and cons and benefits of tax and duties selling into other markets? Because, you know, retailers can really take advantage of those type of things when, you know, I mean, I remember launching Newegg and Newegg.com um, across eight different countries. And what was key for us is we didn't really have to compete on price. The assortment wasn't in those markets. Exactly. So we were we were able to really maintain healthy margins and be a solution for those markets on goods that they couldn't access anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's so relevant that you bring that up because I mean, when we got into this, that that was exactly it. It's it's like, you know, I mean, we, we would hear from people, it's like gouge me with, you know, crazy high, uh, you know, international shipping. It's the bottom line is I can't get the product in my market. And if I can get it, it's marked up so much that I'll gladly wait two weeks and spend, you know, 10 times more than I probably should on, on international shipping. Cause at the end of the day, it's still going to be cheaper when I buy it cross border. And, and that's, you know, a fundamental truth that continues with cross border right now is there's just, you know, local selections just aren't there. You know, at the same time, you've got all sorts of pricing issues and things like that. Everybody expects to just be able to kind of go to a brand site and order it and have it delivered. And, you know, it kind of gets back into what I was saying earlier about all the different, uh, you know, distribution challenges and things like that. And in many cases, there's all sorts of different pricing rules. And so a lot of this stuff is eventually going away. I mean, you know, I would say one of the biggest dynamics that we've seen at, um, you know, Gelf over the last seven or eight years is, you know, when we started, it was mostly retailers that were selling, you know, other brands products on behalf of their brand partners. Mm-hmm. Really, over the last three, four years, especially the last two years, you know, most of the people that are coming to the Gelf events now are, are branded manufacturers selling direct to consumer. Yeah. You know, we certainly still do see retailers and, you know, for instance, Kylie from Revolve, which is, you know, arguably kind of a, a new age retailer. And, and he'll be talking, you know, about some of the some of the decisions that they've unmade about, you know, uh, what they're doing in China, for instance, you know, they, they had stayed away from the marketplaces, but then they looked at their data and they realized that, you know, a lot of the brands that they were selling at Revolve weren't in China. So they knew that by, you know, kind of getting on, on the, on the platforms over there, that they could really help their, their retail partners. Uh, you know, at the same time, we've got people like Macy's that have, you know, have backed away from from selling in China and things like that. So there's all sorts of interesting dynamics. But, yeah, you know, the big picture trend that we're seeing is, you know, it's this direct to consumer and you can go direct to consumer in partnership with people like Revolve and, and Ever, Everlane's another, you know, kind of one of our keynote speakers as well. And so it's just really, uh, you know, it's, it's really what we're really seeing in many cases is 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 lessons learned in, in markets like China are lessons that we're going to see, you know, coming to the U.S. and, and you know, showing up in Western Europe and things like that. It's, it's, it's probably a more interconnected retail world than it's ever been before. And that the connectivity tissue is, is very much digital and, and e-commerce and, and certainly cross-border is a big part of that. Yeah, I love the concept of the DTC. The DTC for manufacturer now is easier than ever. I mean, you, you don't have to go and 
build out your own website and try to buy a bunch of traffic to come to the website because they're coming to the handful of marketplaces already that you've mentioned. Right. And you can open up a virtual store, a digital store on those and take advantage of the how well they've integrated into those markets. I remember yep. a key learning for us at Walmart, we opened up in Germany our, our bricks and mortar stores, and I, I don't think they lasted more than a, a year, year and a half. And, and that was due to the fact that we called them Walmart instead of um, we purchased a company in Germany and we should have just left it as that brand, help that brand grow and mature and take the best practices from Walmart. Instead, we put a brand in market that didn't relate, didn't connect in that market. And it would have cost millions to get people to have that brand recognition of Walmart. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a key learning. And I think now because people are engaging with those marketplaces, manufacturers can play a role with these D to C on there. And it's, it's not as difficult as they might think because they're already there. They're already in part of the fabric of that community. Yeah. I mean, one of the other topics that we've been talking about, and we'll continue to revisit this uh, in New York in September, again, September 28th and 29th, um, it is this idea that, um, you know, the, the, the boundaries, if you will, the models are blurring, you know, and you make a great point. It's like, okay, uh, are you selling on a marketplace when you're on Tmall? in China, or is that really just your direct-to-consumer site that happens to be hosted on a platform that's run by Tmon? And I think, you know, five years, you know, even at the early days of Gelf, it was it was very clear, you know, marketplace selling was, you know, for commodities, it wasn't a great experience. It was for people that knew what they wanted, they went in, they got it, and they got out. Yeah. Um, but you look at, you know, some of the, the great stuff that the Tmall people have done uh, as far as being able to bring, you know, the luxury boutiques online and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a high-end uh, brand and you don't have a direct-to-consumer site, you know, embedded in Tmall, you're, you're, you're probably revisiting that. Now, that's not to say that there's not a lot of challenges and, you know, sometimes you have to... Uh, have a very long-term view from a profitability perspective. Obviously, we'll get into a bunch of those type of topics. And and yeah, by far, China has been been one of the big topics. But it's not just about China. It's like what you can learn from China and equally important what you can't, you know, kind of port from China to other markets. Yeah. It's definitely not a cookie cutter. In fact, that's we've got the, the Crocs guys opening up our, our second day by doing a, a case study. And big part of that is, you know, what are those cookie cutter markets and which, which markets aren't. And Asia mm -hmm. is definitely not a cookie cutter market that haven't been said though. You know, we, we talk to a lot of people that, um, you know, they hedge their bets when it comes to international, they will keep a, uh, a direct to consumer site on. I mean, as one person put it and one of our speakers put it, it's like, you know, we want to keep the lights on because, you know, yeah. you don't ever know what's going to happen in China. I mean, look at all what's going on with a lot of the, the, the digital leaders in China that, you know, the crackdown that's going on right now. So uh, China's a tricky place, but, you know, for the most part, um, you know, you got to keep your, uh, you got to keep your bets hedged over there for sure. Yeah. I get a ton of questions asked about marketplaces and different marketplaces around the world. And I try to simplify it for people because I think we really overcomplicate the, the premise of a, of a marketplace. And I said, if you ever think about shopping a traditional mall or a traditional you know, a Macy's or here at Hudson Bay company, when you walk into a physical retail, there's all these subsections within there. And, you know, it's whether it's the Calvin Klein section for men, the Tommy Hilfiger section for men, it's just digitized. It's just brought to life. And it, those are D to C sections within a, a physical retail store. But from a marketplace perspective, it's the exact same thing. You just yeah. go to a retail store, which happens to be Amazon or Tmall, Tmall, whatever, whatever you go to, 
now you have your section within that retail retail environment to go to. And once you start breaking it down for them, they start gaining confidence. Okay, this is not as tricky as it sounds. We call it a marketplace, but really it's taking that retail environment and digitizing it. I mean, it's funny you mentioned that and, and, you know, perfect timing today, you know, with, with all the, uh, the news, uh, the news channels, a buzz with this idea that Amazon's going to start uh, opening up uh, department stores. So, I mean, that's one thing we've always explained, you know, when people are, you know, it's like, what's a marketplace? Well, think of a marketplace as a department store. It's just yep. online, you know, there's, it's just like a, a big Macy's where there's all sorts of little boutiques and different brands and things like that. So, you know, it is interesting that, that Amazon will be, you know, potentially, uh, you know, kind of breathing new life back into the department store concept. But that's what they've been doing from day one. So exactly. uh, you know, it's not not that not that different. Now, that having been said, you know, um, Amazon's, you know, not a leader in many markets around the world. And in fact, one of the sessions that we're looking at, uh, we're working with the Aramex team, uh, uh, you know, big logistics leader. And, you know, we, we were really pleased that we're going to be able to kind of spend some time looking at, at emerging markets uh, like like the Middle East. So that's something that we, we, we love to, to be able to take time at Gelf to look at. I mean, you know, you could spend half your day talking about China and, you know, obviously Latin America has has a lot of interesting uh, opportunities. And and in fact, Russia is something I, I still remember, you know, 2014 when we started Gelf, you know, it was supposed to be the year of of e-commerce in, in Russia. And then, you know, Putin does what he does. And, yeah. and that all kind of went away. But, uh, you know. Don't ever underestimate some of some of the markets that that may not be front of mind because there, there's a lot going on. There's innovation everywhere. And the good news is no matter how many, uh, you know, how many barriers uh, governments can make for the most part, the consumer, you know, kind of defines the, the future of retail. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out as we come out of the pandemic. Again, this, this idea of what's the road ahead that that's what we're opening up with uh, Jose Nino from uh, US Polo one of our most popular speakers is back kind of kicking things off for us and you know we've got a great 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 lineup of speakers both in both in the Gulf global stage and and the commerce next folks have have just done a bang up job really pulling together and, and you know it hasn't been easy pulling together you know arguably the first big live uh, you know, kind of return to e-commerce marketing. So uh, we're really looking forward to it. It's September 28th and 29th. You can you can go to globalecommerceleadersforum.com and you know click some links there, and it'll take you and get you get you more information. Uh, you know, we we do welcome uh, e-commerce uh, folks to join us. Uh, it's it's typically a a retailer uh, focused event. So if you're a retailer or executive at a brand selling uh, selling direct to consumer we, we'd love for you guys to come just register and we'll get you guys hooked up and uh, it'd be great to uh, really just get the audience uh, of your podcast and engaged and you know we will be back in uh, back in LA probably mid-February of 2022 we 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 do our event out there at this great old um, uh, cinema it, it's called the Directors Guild of America it's in West Hollywood and in fact I was telling somebody yesterday I was I was doing the run-through and we actually got our event in back uh, in mid-February of 2020, kind of before the, the pandemic, you know, kind of really hit. And, you know, I had there was some clutter at the podium. I pulled it out and it was Quentin Tarantino's speech, you know, for some uh, Academy Award, uh, you know, thing that he was doing. So uh, we'll be back in uh, back in L.A., West Hollywood, mid-February. So um, really looking forward, though, to, to kind of getting things back going in New York again and already starting to look forward to to L.A. in February. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'll put all the links uh, in the comments section so my audience can uh, can find more information. Kent, how can they get a hold of you? 
Yeah. Hey, you know, no problem. Just reach out to me at uh, Kent at globalcommerce.co. So that's just uh, global, excuse me, Kent at globalecommerce.co, not .com, we're, we're a .co. <laughs> so yeah, just Kent at globalecommerce.co. And, uh, you know, let me know if you'd like to get involved. We always are uh, looking to kind of bring new people into the community. Yeah, I think it's more relevant than ever, actually, to to get out to the uh, the conference, um, especially as we try to, I mean, the the big talk over the last six to, to nine months has been how accelerated e-commerce has been that in two years we've grown 10 years and then how much are we going to pull back from that that type of growth if we're pulling back at all um i know a lot of investments have been made in logistics and warehouses and on automation those have really ramped up but from a customer perspective do they do they go back to the store and they shop um solely at store or they become that blended shopper that i keep talking about and uh they'll get all that information at gilf and more i'm sure so Kent, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sorry that I'm not going to be able to make it to New York, but I am definitely looking out for the West Coast. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to. Yeah, and you know, it is it is a bummer that our you know our neighbors to the north are, are you know kind of uh, on one side of the fence and we're on the other side of the fence, I guess. But uh, things change quickly, so uh, yeah. you know we'll, we'll see if if something opens up. Uh, we'd love to have you guys uh, kind of join us last minute and. Uh, yeah, you know, ho- hope everybody's doing well out there. It's, it's been great to kind of be in touch with everybody virtually over the last year, year and a half or so. Uh, and definitely looking forward to kind of reconnecting with folks in New York on September 28th and 29th. Wonderful. Uh, I think everyone should take advantage of it um, and just shake your hand when they see you because they'll have a great conversation, I'm sure, when when they get there. And once again, Kent, I really appreciate our time tonight. I'm looking forward. I just broke a 1,000 subscribers on YouTube uh, this week, this is only four months old. So really excited about the fast growth that delivering e-commerce is and the attention that it's getting. And it's from great guests like yourself. Yeah, well, you know, hey, thanks. Keep up what you're doing. I mean, the the, the more uh, avenues we have for discussion and conversation, the better. And, you know, we're, we're kind of all about, you know, fostering, sharing and learning and education. So thanks for uh, for the important role you're playing in that as well, Chris. All right, my friend. Have a great night. All right, cool. Take care. You've been listening to Delivering E-Commerce. It's our passion to have on leaders and suppliers in e-commerce from around the globe, setting you and your strategy up for the next level. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. Connect with Chris on LinkedIn at Chris Parsons on LinkedIn and Spotify at Delivering E-Commerce or on YouTube at Chris Parsons Delivering E-Commerce. Till next time, this is Delivering E-Commerce.